Welcome to the Sounds of the Heart with Sandy Goldstone. When we heed the call and say yes to live from the truth of our hearts, we accept the invitation to deeply relax, trust, and let go of fear, control, struggle, suffering, and separation. Now, here is your host, Sandy Goldstone. Hello lovelies, welcome to this week's episode of Sounds of the Heart. As your host, I am delighted to have your beautiful presence and heart's vibration join with mine. As we listen, share and explore in this hour together, I invite us all to join together as one conscious global heart as we take a deep breath in. And relax out with a sound. Ah. To gently ground our being in calm stillness. Meeting ourselves in love, as love, what we always are now. Ah. And it's so wonderful to feel our hearts become part of the one unified field of love through the breath. Thank you for joining me again today. Wherever you are right now on the planet, whatever time it is for you, know that you are greatly welcomed and your presence is celebrated. Today, I would love to introduce our beautiful guest, whose name is Lisa Raphael. Lisa Raphael has followed a mysterious call to Australia in her 80th year, after spending more than half a century in the USA. Before she left, in order to be and be met totally in the present, she removed as many traces of her personal life as possible. She has no home base, does not drive, and travels around Australia with everything she owns in one big suitcase. It is Lisa's understanding that what is within us has been presence since before the universe was created, that we are infinite, and that being and living true to that infinite essence within, our authentic self is all that is needed to transform the perceived reality that threatens to destroy the planet. For most of us, living true to that infinite inner essence involves releasing layer upon layer of adopted beliefs, habits, affiliations, and alliances, as well as healing and letting go of emotional wounds. Lisa writes, at 81, I am at one with all that was and will be as I move on to unknown wonders, surprises, and challenges. Somehow I am managing this life in the now. Don't know how. Life's a mystery, constantly unfolding in the unknown patterns beyond my knowing. The now itself in constant motion. The greater the stillness, the deeper the emotion. 
Welcome, darling Lisa. It is so wonderful to have you on as a guest of Sounds of the Heart. And I'm so looking forward to just meeting ourselves in the now as the mystery unfolding as this conversation. I'm glad you agreed to working this way because it's a mystery to me like everything else. <laughs> and uh, even the mystery of how how this came to be. Uh, it's an irony for me because at the time in my life when I was trying to create a profession a career in being interviewed and promoting my books and so on it, it, it didn't happen and, and at the point where I really haven't been I don't have anything to promote basically and I'm not into that a chance meeting with one young woman on a beach in Kauai and then sending a little uh, post about what was happening with me that I did like after eight months to a small newsletter in Kauai, she saw the posting and uh, thought I should come on your show. So this is all unintended, so it's sort of very strange, Un like everything else, you know. Yeah. Yes, unintended but has always been intended as part of the great unfolding of the mystery. I, that's what I love about life is that it brings us everything that is meant to come to us, that we can't miss out on anything, that our soul's growth, growth and evolution is, is ever unfolding and ever expansive. And that enables us to just really deeply relax and trust and let go into that mysterious of living between the gap, really. You know, we breathe and we inhale and we exhale and it's like we meet life and the unknown between the gap of the inhale and the exhale. That's a wonderful way to put it. I, I think um, technically it's less the space between the, the synapses or something, that there's a sort of a split second. Yes. Uh, and even between these words that we speak right now, that's... To me, you know, that's that feels that the silence is arising and it's from that silence that the words arise. So it's oh, it's really, really just a beautiful place to just really fully surrender and relax and be. So I'm just curious, Lisa, can you share what it was within you that enabled you to follow this mysterious call to move to Australia in your 80th year? Well, I've been clearing the wave for quite a while. Um, it's not a realisation to do this last step did not come out just out of the blue. Mm -hmm. I've been um, going through layers of my experience and learning and healing as best I can and then releasing and um, I guess the most uh, I don't know if there was one pivotal point uh, where I made my first real connection with, with spirit within um, 
About the time I was 50, I had really accomplished everything I thought I wanted to do in life. And I started to ask the question, well, who am I when I'm not all these roles? And, you know, I was a mother, a teacher, a therapist. Uh, uh, you know, I had all these labels. But I start to ask the question, who am I when I'm not all these labels? And somebody said that the Grand Canyon was a very spiritual place. So I took myself to the Grand Canyon, uh, didn't bring anything with me that could identify me, holed up in a motel, didn't talk to anybody, and spent my time walking around the rim of the canyon. And one time I was just sitting on the rim, watching all the colors and shapes, and started to feel cold. I realized I'd been sitting there for two or three hours. Mm -hmm. What I experienced, though, was that when I got up, I had a feeling that I had been seen and known for the first time in my life. I still get tears when I think about that because I don't do things in halves. If I'm going to face the void, I go to the biggest hole in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Symbolically. Yes. (laughs) uh, At the rim of the biggest hole in the world. I experienced being seen and known for the first time. And uh, that eventually, of course, took me out of the life that I had known. And I wound wound up alone, basically, because who I really was wasn't being seen or expressed in the framework of my family and, and so on. So that was one big moment um so so it's like when we go into nature and nature is just it just is yes and it it is deeply comfortable with just being as it is it's not in that place of wanting to revamp itself so it can be seen as more popular or more adored or more beautiful and all that kind of stuff and it just accepts everything that's how it's appearing in the moment. It just is. And, you know, nature is such a beautiful teacher for being an entry point for us to meet ourselves as we truly are because it enables us to kind of open ourselves up to seeing ourselves just as we are in the moment however we're appearing, without those labels, without those constructs that actually kind of um, imprison us in a, in a way. Our identifications and everything kind of become our what we argue for as our limits. Oh, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I like to look at words. And when you look at the word identity and we think of we have to have our ID, That's the id, entity. It's an entity. It's a thing. Mm -hmm. It's not who we are. But, and to me, it was very ironic because the first thing I had to do when I came to Australia, after having gone to great pains 
to strip away everything that I was not was to go through the process of proving who I was in terms of 3D, in terms of documents, in order to, you know, in order to qualify for benefits. He had to have an address and documents. So there I was, completely disidentified, and I had to prove who I was not. <laughs> yes. I, I just think it's funny. <laughs> It is funny, and yet this is one of the things that we get, um, you know, met with being on planet Earth and living within these kind of structures and frameworks and um, being able to kind of participate. But, you know, what um, Jesus says, being in the world but not of the world. And so learning to um, balance between those two things and walk um, wholly in the truth of that without being um, encumbered or compromised mm-hmm. through that. So, so so, can you share more of why you felt that it was necessary to remove any traces of your personal life before responding to this call and making this move? Well, it seemed like a natural progression. Once I realized that everything that I had written and lived before and identified with was basically a barrier between me and whatever the unknown essence is within, it didn't feel honest to leave that out there for other people to find and look at because that would be basically leading them to be influenced by something that was no longer true for me. Okay. That's quite radical. Yes. And revolutionary. Yes. So so how how were you responded to when you were making these um, very clear decisions and allowing these things to fall away and you were consciously stripping away these identities and these attachments? How how were you responded to? By people around you that loved you, that were your friends, that you had, you know, really deep and emotional connections with? Uh, the people with whom I had, I mean, they, I kept track of people who really knew me as, as is. And I don't think I told anybody that I was doing this uh, particularly. Um, unless they asked. Uh, It didn't really apply to people who already knew me because they were already familiar with my website and my stuff. So it it was really uh, who who would respond. The question would be how do people respond now when they meet me because I I choose not to give out reference material and uh, if they Google me, they won't find me. (laughs) So... um, but it was just it was just like a sequence. Yes, it, it was a radical last step, but it wasn't the first step. Uh, I don't know. I think the um, okay, the first step, I guess, was uh, when I went to the canyon, and that led me out of the life I knew then. Um, after that, um, I spent a year in mystery school with Jean Houston, 
and had all and I had already felt that my names didn't fit me, and in the course of opening my third eye, if you like, um, I I realized it was time to change my name, and I already knew what my new name would be because that had already come to me. So I created a a ritual, um, a public ritual. I mean, there was a you know there were about eighty people there, and I. I ritually took off each of my birth names. Uh, physically, I had them anyway. It doesn't matter how it looked on the ground, and really thanked them and blessed them for everything that they had, the ways in which they served me. Took them off and bur- and burned them. I had a cleansing with some women who I chose as my handmaidens, so so to speak. <laughs> and um, went on into the community where I sort of broke through a barrier which had the symbols of all the things that had kept me entrapped and just moved into the community and I was welcomed and in a way anointed, if you like, with my new name, Lisa Raphael. And it was literally a very deep commitment to spirit. That was it that in service of spirit, but really that, and that's 24 years ago now, um, that was a pretty powerful thing. Uh, After that, I had some pretty deep emotional stuff come up that hadn't been ready to be looked at until after I did that commitment to spirit. And soon after that, I was asked to... uh, Closed my practice and um, I began to write and share my experiences uh, in writing and putting out seminars and so on. And then in my 70s, after a very comfortable, settled life in St. Petersburg, Florida, um, I got the call to take myself to Kauai. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that was pretty big. That was letting go of a lot of stuff. And I arrived on Kauai not knowing anybody, but almost immediately connected with the spiritual community and had a very comfortable, challenging, but comfortable life there for eight years. And now I got called to Australia. So uh, the move to Kauai was big. I got a lot of healing and acknowledgement and further deepening that happened during my time there. Um, I felt things were winding down, but I wasn't prepared to be called to, and I was in my 70s, I got the call in 2013, three years ago, all of a sudden in the middle of an open channeling group, I got, you're going to be called to Australia in your 80s. Yes, yes. I, I think when we're when we live from that place and space of being, you know, in service and to life and allowing ourselves to um, let that energy move through us and direct us, and when we listen to that still small voice within, it takes us on many mysterious adventures, and it is not for the faint-hearted. Because it, 
it creates, you know, a disturbance within the human psyche and that looks for that safety and security and the known. So there is something within our souls and spirits that really need to, you know, have that. um, And it's within all of us, but I feel that there are people that kind of like lead the way, that we kind of need the people to kind of show us what is possible within the infinite and meeting ourselves as that. And so um, because it is very disorientating and can be very scary. So how have you dealt with that, those feelings of disorientation and, and um, being scared? <laughs> well, it's been a process of trusting that it's going to turn out. But yes, it is radical and I'm not without fear. And uh, I have never been very good on the ground with what's left and what's right and how to get around on the ground. And it's a huge challenge on a physical level for me to, well, first of all, to adapt to everything upside down in Australia took me a while to to consciously think which way to look when I'm crossing the street. Um, I'm without a car. I even the currency still is confusing to me because the coin, the, the the nomination of the coins don't make any logical sense at all. So I'm still not. But so, but then um, after the, thankfully I had a wonderful situation when I first got to Fremantle, and was sharing a house with it was like a home, and made good friends there, and they really saw me through the initial traumas of adapting. Physically, uh, everything is different here. The, the, you know, anyway, so I got through that stuff. But since then, I haven't been called anywhere longer than from three days to six days to three and a half weeks is the maximum before I'm given this somewhere else to go. And this is a huge continent. And even looking on the map and then seeing how many kilometers it really is or even thinking in kilometers, and I can't do that yet. Um, and then differences in climate and habit, and uh, and because I'm 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 either staying with somebody and sharing a kitchen, or I'm in a B and B, you know, where there's it, it's learning where things are in different places. Where are the shops? Where are the things in the shops? How do I get there? Walking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or if there's a bus service, which bus goes where? Um, yeah, on the ground is pretty um, daunting for me, and I'm really glad that I look like an older person, because I think that has a lot to do with how many people who volunteer to come in, without looking confused. <laughs> so it's a good thing you didn't get all that, you know, the stuff that we get, you know, well, so promoted well, around, you know, not allowing ourselves to. Um, age gracefully and to like kind of put on more masks and personas and all that kind of stuff so yes living living within the you know in in the now within that within within the words within the, the gap within the silence of the word is is like you know there's nothing to hold on to in that space there's there's, right. there's no me there there's just this 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 one infinite I, which is appearing as all thing in the moment, and yeah. that's 
and we're part of that. We're part of that mysterious expression. So it's not having any sense of direction or not even a hint of what possible choices that there might be awaiting. That's not even there either. You're just kind of in this space of really, I don't know. And I, I'm open to just being in that space of free falling and into the arms of grace and the deep trust that needs to arise from that to be able to um, to breathe and just be in the now, in that place and space of that expression of the one of all that is. It is, um, it has been a process and, you know, I, I still go, I, I desperately want to know where next and when and I do try and check with my spirit and ask for hints and sneak previews and all I get is false leads and as it is I have been taken in a zigzag journey up and down over six states in Australia in no logical sequence North Queensland down to South, down to Melbourne and back up it, 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 it makes absolutely no sense and so people ask me, where would you like to be? I said, I don't know. I, I mean, wherever I am. I mean, I really don't have a preference other than to continue to be where my inner self or whatever it is and when that comes to me. And I can't even anticipate how it's going to come to me. Sometimes somebody mentions something and I have that instant knowing that that's the next place. Sometimes the name of the next place simply appears in my head out of nowhere when I'm not thinking about it. Um, so there's no pattern even in how I receive the knowing where the next step is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this seems a lovely time to take a break. So, okay, lovelies, it's time for us to take a short break. This is Sandy Goldstone and my guest is the lovely Lisa Raphael and you're listening to Sounds of the Heart with Sandy Goldstone on Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Stay tuned and we'll be back. Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Sandy Goldstone wants to help you start your true self journey. Sandy works with all issues and ages for individuals, couples, and groups. She is a spiritual teacher and holistic counselor of the Heart's Way in Perth, Australia. It's time to gift yourself with knowing your own lightness of being, beauty, and truth. You can feel relaxed, loving, wise, joyful, and peaceful, whatever your experiences have been or what challenges you are currently facing. Are you ready? 
Let's do it. Say yes and call or contact Sandy Goldstone in Australia on 011-61420-399-287 or reach out to her on Facebook at Sandy Grace Goldstone and start your true self journey. Right now, Sandy is offering a special gift. Mention the radio show Sounds of the Heart and receive a 40% discount on each of your first two 90-minute Skype sessions. That's just $99 to start your true self journey with Sandy Goldstone. For more information or to receive this special offer, email soundsoftheheart at hotmail.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Sounds of the Heart. To find out more about our program, visit Sandy's website at soundsoftheheart.com.au. Again, that's soundsoftheheart.com.au. Now, back to Sounds of the Heart with Sandy Goldstone. And we are back, lovelies, with Sounds of the Heart on the Seventh Wave channel of Voice America. And I am your host, Sandy Goldstone talking with my delightful guest, Lisa Raphael. So Lisa, as we're going to the break, you were talking about that you don't have any preference. And it's kind of like brings us to that realization that life is neutral, that when we follow that inner guidance and that still small voice within, there isn't that kind of confusion or that doubt that arises when we get lost in our linear minds because it has attachments because of our identifications, that it fears that we're going to make the wrong choice. So is that what you've, you know, continuing to meet within yourself, that that deepening trust to just follow that inner guidance and know that wherever it's directing you, that's for your highest good and that's where you're going to next experience yourself as the infinite I don't think of it as experiencing myself as the infinite. Um, just being whoever I am there, and uh, it has been over the months I've been here certainly a deepening of trust, because the amazing ways in which things have been possible that look completely impossible on the ground. Um, I can't even remember them all because each of them is so extraordinary. But the bottom line is that I always have a place to sleep and a means to eat and meeting interesting people and somehow enough clothes to stay warm when it's freezing. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, I mean, it's been a growing trust because it does work out. And I still get myself into a tizzy about things like how much does the baggage weigh? This was the last thing. I've got pounds and kilometers confused. And I had to take a plane. And I went through days of obsessing, how am I going to pack and repack to meet the requirements? And I had kilometers and pounds mixed up. So, in fact, I needn't have gone through all that. I was well within the weight limit when I got to the airport. But, you know, it just... um, I still get into that about the details. 
But I certainly don't have any illusion that I have any of us any say so in where I'm going to go next that's conscious anyhow. What I do know though is that I wouldn't know or I wouldn't be able to recognize the next place if there wasn't some deep memory there of that infinite knowing or whatever it is that I and I think we all come in with. Mm-hmm. Because there's no other way that I could recognize when I hear the name of a place or it comes into my consciousness that I know that's the next right step. Mm-hmm. And the confirmation of that then happens when the accommodation works out or this works out or what, whatever, you know. Um, so I hope that I'm going through less and less of the obsessive stuff about the details <laughs> I, I think sometimes that you know the human personality that we've come in with that's something that we we um, learn to surrender to as well because we we have those idiosyncrasies and those um, yeah those things that just are oh I don't know it just kind of like it just goes with the the unique individual expression of life and part of that is our way in which we um, orientate ourselves with that, with our personalities. So, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 I think, but I think it has to do with, again, trusting mm-hmm. that whether I try and plan how to pack or where to do or where to stay, um, it's going to be taken care of. And I think that's the counteraction to the... Because the obsession, it has to do with feeling lost on the ground. Yes. And I've always been somewhat lost on the ground because I really don't notice the, the stuff around me. So um, anybody who's listening who knows me well knows I can, I can get turned around and go the wrong way coming out of a toilet, literally. So it's, it's making me pay attention to landmarks and stuff and where I am on the ground. And... I suppose I've always been a little spacey because somehow I've been living in that other realm without being conscious of where it is. And so I've never been very good at noticing the details of the ground around me. Mm-hmm. And I have to. Mm-hmm. I have to notice where the light switches are. I have to know which way to turn this. I have to remember which state I'm in, not just emotionally, but which state of the Australia, Okay, mm-hmm. which climate zone, which time zone. Um, it's, uh, you know, which, which supermarket in which state am I in now? Because they're all the same brand, but they're set out differently when I shop for groceries. Yes. I, I know this is little stuff for this spiritual program, but this is where the anxiety comes in much, much more than any doubt at this point that I'm on track mm-hmm. in a big sense. Mm-hmm. I really have to say I don't have any doubt anymore that wherever I'm going to be next is in line with my deepest unknown knowing and recognition. Mm -hmm. And I don't need an explanation for that. It doesn't need to make any sense. For me, it's enough to know that there is a purpose without having to know that there, what the purpose is. Yes. And that's 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 a really big thing to kind of surrender and let go of, because the mind always wants to know. 
well, I must know, I should know, I have to know because and because that's what it seeks to put its its security on and you know, even talking about the way in which you have travelled and you know, we we're conditioned to think that it's just gonna be a straight road and it's not life's not like that. It's got twists and turns and it, it's upside down and inside out and and um it's it, there is no direction really. We're directionless, um, on, you know, on the external or the outside. But in the internal, there's a very clear direction that is guiding us back to that home, to to our being, and and being all and one with all that is that you talk about in your bio. So I'm just curious, you make a statement in your bio that you you reckon that tapping into our infinite inner essence and letting that energy live through us could transform the collective's current ideas about um, everything that is currently threatening to destroy us. What has led you to that point of realisation? Because anything other than living the truth of who we are is going to support what I call the perceived reality that comes at us with everybody else's voice, including channels, religious leaders, books, it's all coming from outside ourselves. So we can take all that in, but if we don't measure it against the inner reality of who we are, we're going to be trapped in the same, call it a false matrix, if you like. Um, so, okay, for me, there's a difference between participating, say, in a protest, you know, walking as I have done, most people have done with signs against this and against that. It's, it's, it's a duality. And when I support one side of the duality, I, you know, I'm reinforcing the other. But if I'm living in a way that's true to that reality, just the fact that I'm doing that my being, and we talked about, you know, the, the my being, the vibration of my being mm-hmm. is having, I believe, that effect. It's what people who meet me now call me a destabilizer. I just have to show up, and the fact that I'm living the, the way I am shakes people up. Sometimes it's inspirational, sometimes it scares them, and they go running the other way. But I can't be anyone else. And um, I can't introduce myself any other way because this is just who I am now. And somehow, that's the way I think each of us who lives it, not just talks it, affects the change. Like it's like words are cheap. You can pay a lot to have them ad- to pay for the advertising, but basically, you know, in the sense, words words are cheap. But living and being who you are, not just professing it. I really think that's the, as far as I know, for me it's the only effective way. 
there are effective ways for other people. For me, it seems the only way to operate right now. So embodying that loving presence and just following that inner guidance and living according to the call of spirit and fully embodying that and trusting that gives you that power to transform and transcend the old just through that being the I am. Well, it's, 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 it's like non-participation. If in a way, it's like the um, non-violent protest. The interesting thing is that when people first meet me, the ori- original, the first response when I say I'm traveling with one suitcase, you know, wherever, is a sort of, oh, how freeing. It's like there's something in their spirit that say, oh, wouldn't that be great? Because, you know, then they think again about what's involved. But the first reaction is because there's somebody in every, something in everyone who wants to be free of all the stuff, the baggage, the debt, the stuff to take care of, the, you know, there's something in each of us that there wants to be just a free spirit. Mm-hmm. So, my being and living this way, um, hey, it's possible. I think that's what it is. I represent a possibility. Yes. Yes, and uh, the things that have us most feel entrapped and and um, not free are our emotional attachments, you know, that it's not so much the stuff. The stuff is kind of like representative of those um, deep emotional attachments and needs and just for the sense of who we want to appear to others. Exactly. Because we're so trained to get that external validation and have that reflected back to us instead of, finding that within ourselves and reflecting that light out and then having everything balanced and harmonized from that vibrational frequency and that radiant beingness. So, um, so, so much of our human conditioning and drive has been to avoid feelings of pain and discomfort and to seek after and cling on to feelings of pleasure so how is living at one with all that is teaching you to embrace and meet all feelings deeply and equally? Because this is a big challenge for us. It's like we are kind of selective in what it is that we want to meet fully and what we don't. And But life is neutral and it requires us to meet everything um, as you got demonstrated in the Grand Canyon, that everything's of equal value to be deep, deeply felt and met in, intimately. So how is your experience inviting you to do that? Well, I think the fact that I have no place I want to go back to, no particular desire for a home, I don't know if I'll have a home again, but it's not a, a deep pool and no, nothing else that I really consciously want to do. That I, I don't feel there's anything unfinished. Uh, unfinished. So I'm sort of 
sort of trapped in the present. <laughs> and yes, yeah, uh, yeah, I'd like to stay warm. Yeah, I hope I don't get called to go into the deep Arctic in the middle of winter. But if that's where I'm supposed to go, it's like it'll be taken care of. I'll be taken care of. Uh-huh. Uh, and so so do you, you know, we're, we're constantly being told that, you know, to follow our joy and to be happy and all this kind of stuff. And so is that something that you find you naturally meet within yourself now or do you just, you know, have a an array of feelings and emotions just, you know, p- moving past through your being and you're not like wanting to seek after or attach to anything in particular? I, I do go through like waves of emotion which have seemed to have nothing to do with circumstances. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I sort of go with the feelings. I mean, I'll find myself feeling sad sometimes when there's nothing in particular to feel sad about. And I think I'm just picking up the vibration of whatever it is I'm following. Uh, so... Um, I, I'm not. I'm not sure of the question. I'm. I'm overall pretty happy with myself and my life. I don't have any major complaints. Uh, like I say, I prefer to be uh, warm. I prefer to have money for a cappuccino every day. Something I don't like to. You know, this is the, the little stuff. But and yes, I get lonely. So I am. I tend to reach out. I need to be around people sometimes just to have a conversation, uh, you know, and, um, you know, just to hear my voice sometimes. Uh, there's, there's a loneliness to it. And um, in terms of human company, mm-hmm. um, It sort of really pushes me to go out and sort of start conversations with people that I never used to be able to do. I'm doing that a lot here. Yes. The rare person who isn't stuck to their cell phone or whatever. (laughs) So what I hear you saying is that you're just ready to meet what is wanting to present itself fully in the moment and to feel that deeply and intimately and you're not seeking after any kind of emotion or um, feeling state over and above anything else. So you're not seeking, you're not doing what you're doing in order to add more joy or more happiness or more peace or you're just allowing yourself to fully meet whatever is appearing for yourself in the moment and just being neutral with that. Well, I'm not looking for anything in particular. Like I say, I look for the best cappuccino, okay? I, I will, when I'm looking for accommodation, I'm certainly going to see if, if I can find the place that's closest, affordable, and walking distance to where I need to go to buy food and stuff. Um, but, but in the big picture, that's what I wrote, I'm... I feel at peace with what's happened before. There's nothing I want to go back to. And there's no particular place that I feel drawn to go to. Um, so, 
it's 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 just a little stuff because in the big picture, I wouldn't want I would not want to live any other way. Yes, I can't think of any other way to live right now. And that's a really interesting place to be because when we kind of let go that wanting and needing, and we really start to live as true and embody it, that all that we need is already within us and we have the blueprint of the universe within us, what kind of choices do we then make when we start having that true realization? That's what's really interesting because we find that what we think we will make because we've been making choices based on our identities, what we're attached to, what has us feel good, um, and often is what doesn't have us feel good, we kind of let that all fall away and we something arises within us that is like that pure potential essence of like which existed before the universe was created. That's what we kind of meet within ourselves is everything's fresh and new and because there's nothing there that was there before it's 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 gone and each moment we kind of get a rebirth that, that's a good way to put it uh, sandy that's a great way to put it because maybe this idea of free choice is an illusion because when it when it comes to that path which is the infinite path i mean I know because we spoke before that, that you understand what that is because you've mm-hmm. been following that call for, for a while. It's when that comes, it's like there is no choice. It's like when I just know I've got to come to Australia or I just know I've got to, you know, move to the next place. I feel I have no choice. At mm-hmm. that moment, there's no choice. That's just knowing. Hmm. And and as the Tao Te Ching says, you know, it appears that there's a door, but everything is being done. And that's really kind of twists us inside out as well, because we're so attached to our doing and what it is that I achieve. But who is it that the I that is speaking in that moment? Because the the I that is just this pure potential waiting to be born anew in each moment is not attached to being seen as any one way, but just expressing itself in, in all the infinite ways that it can. So um, if our listeners wanted to kind of reach out to you and um, contact you, how could they do that, Lisa? Basically with my email, as I have no home address, and um, uh, if it's somebody I want to engage with firm, further, I'd certainly give them a phone number if they want to chat with me personally. But basically, uh, I trust the email. Okay, so what is your email? That's uh, uh, L-I-S-A-R-A-P-H-A dot or period E-L at M-E dot com. That's L-I-S-A-R-A-P-H-A dot E-L at M-E period 
dot com. Uh, again, it's like that language. It's a period in the States and it's a dot in, in, in Australia. Yes, um, it is. Yes, uh, it is. And the way the, oh, everything, the way the dates are written, everything is different. Um, okay. Okay. Thank you so much. This has been such delightful time to share with you, Lisa, and to um, very engaging and enlightening um, conversation. Just whatever is appearing in the now, which is what's so beautiful. So thank you, lovelies, for your heart's loving presence and gifting yourself with listening to Lisa share how it is possible for any of us to meet ourselves as we truly are and to trust the mysterious flow of life, to birth something sacred and anew in each precious moment. And it is the infinite universal energy which can transform and transcend the current state of the human consciousness that is threatening to destroy everything. Next week, my guest will be the lovely Ted Winslow, a world leader in the field of sound healing, who invented the scientifically proven sound healing technology known as Sound Sync Technologies, of which he has many CDs on Amazon, and will demonstrate its positive effect on the human energy field to bring the whole being into a natural, relaxed state. Until our hearts join together as one next week, I send you much love and blessings from my heart to yours. May your week be overflowing with all that you are always now. Love, joy and peace. I love you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Sounds of the Heart. Sandy Goldstone invites you to join her again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Connect to your own divine nature in the coming week and explore within. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the seventh wave network for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit seventhwavenetwork.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management